kick down the door. Yeah. Get in a creative flow and listen. I don't know if it's still gonna do some damage, it's still gonna crush it. I reckon they're happy mistakes. That yeah, one's yeah, so yeah. sick. The prince like, we're not becoming artists, like, you should drop that. <laughs> 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 and it's like, yeah, but I love it so much, I can't. Oh, yes. <laughs> Happiness and Crap Podcast. Alright, so this episode of Happiness and Crap. We chat to one of Lada Vision's founders and all-round legend, Kane Trait Horsepool. He is a creative genius and an artist. He paints massive walls. He paints canvases. He's just a super creative dude and a really interesting guy to get to know. So he's mentored me and a bunch of the younger boys and kind of taken us under his wing. He's just that kind of bloke. He's a legend among the skate and art community. So this chat, we took all of our equipment, set it up in the original garage where Light Vision started. It's a creative little hub and it's full of memorabilia from the last 10 or so years. It's a pretty epic little place and we're excited to bring this podcast to you from the home of where it all started, Kane's Garage. Sweet. Let's do it. Yeah, sweet. Hola, Kano. Hey, mate. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, man. Is that all sound check? All good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. i to try and not get too far away. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the studio, mate. No. Been a minute. <laughs> so we're recording in the old, in the the home of La. Yeah. Where it all started, the, the garage. place. Yeah. Place is so good. So many <laughs> memories. So many artworks up on the wall. There, there was a lot more until they got painted over and I decided to grow up a little. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. It was rough at one point. There was this graffiti, pretty much the whole thing. Hey. Yeah, yeah. There was even um, a penis on the roof there at one point. But, um, still kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> no way. What yeah. does it say? Uh, it says Shimona. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was a random ex-roommate and a random mate of his. <laughs> this used to be the place where people would come after old Tories had shut on a Saturday night. I'd always get woken up at like about 2.30 on a Saturday and yep. then shit like that would go down. You Before wake up and you got a penis on your roof. <laughs> <laughs> what a stitch up. So we also got Brady sitting in. Freddie's pretty familiar with the garage as well. Yeah, I know. I um, noticed you took down my one and only contribution to it. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, I did, unfortunately. I took that's a photo of it before I took it down, but... Um, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it ran for a while, though. Like, a lot of stuff got covered. It ran I for know, a while. I was, I was stoked good. with that. It, was, it took me about five minutes to do, and it lasted about 10 years. So. Yeah, yeah you are probably, like, what, 15 when you did that or something? Man, I was super young. We, yeah. we were talking about it, um, like, a week ago basically about how we first met and yeah i said basically one of the first times that i came to this studio was like what really got me interested in art yeah right and that was kind of what what started it all for me and i was yeah probably only like 15 or 16 at the time that's sick with nick was it yeah yeah, yeah it was with yeah. nick um yeah. the other thing i can remember you were drinking royal duchess back then oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah probably had a 
a bit of weed going as well. <laughs> yeah, just a bad influence on children, man. <laughs> yeah, but it worked out for art, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's disputable. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the uh, studio's looking good, mate. Nice and clean. A little yeah. too clean, I would I would say. Yeah, yeah. I did give it a little bit of a dust up, sadly, but. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I had all this, like, you have all this good stuff just sitting away, sitting in drawers, and you're like, I want to hang it on the wall. And my wife won't let me hang it inside. So I was like, well, I want to just clean this space up a bit. And then, so now, yeah, I'm starting to get a little collection going. It's good. Yeah, that's a great little collection. You've got some anti-hero and slave decks up on the yeah cutler slave man ben horton it's like uh it's like one of my favorite artists so there's a keith herring deck yeah yeah and then uh to their shfc they're um marty and sam's first their local boys yeah their company the wollongong boys yeah yeah so yeah and then got a few old replicas going up here got one that was given to us by ray mack and that was like man i looked it up it's like 60s or something. It's like in a horrible state, but it's still complete, complete board. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked. It's like once you collect one thing and people know, they're like, oh, I've got a board for you. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so slowly. And then there's my first skateboard ever. The one with the rip curl sticker? Yeah, the, the blacked out one with the rip curl sticker. Got that from a garage sale for 10 bucks. And then Sweet stupidly, old one kick. I painted it black. So I have absolutely no idea what sort of board it is. Oh. For all we know, that's a Powell Prelder original under there, but this dickhead painted it black and put a Rip Curl sticker on it. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Curl, that great skateboard brand. <laughs> that's sick. That's sick. Does it have the um, plastic rails on the underside? Or what? Oh, yeah, you bet. <laughs> uh, so then you know that the graphic was probably still there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I got a skateboard at home. It's an original like Vision Gator one. Oh, no way. Yeah. A oh, guy up on the Goldie gave it to me. And like he, apparently he, he was at a backpackers and found it and yeah. didn't really know. He was just like cruising around on it one day and this old skate dog just picked it picked it up and had a look and noticed that <laughs> it had like the original trademark thing from like 87 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. Like, Dude, this thing is worth so much money so and you're just cruising around money. buying on it. So it probably just ride through puddles. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> and then he, he ended up moving back to Canada and he just gave it to me. So sitting at home. That's insane. I can add yeah. it to your wall if you want. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. If you, you're going to give it okay, it, so. Like, yeah, I got to um, try hard not to sell it. No, I never <laughs> would. No way. No, that's like the other one I got. Um, the poster up in the corner there, that Beer City one, signed yeah. by Dwayne Peters. We were at uh, Dapto Markets one day. You know, lovely Dapto Markets. <laughs> local. Um and I saw these couple of posters and they were framed everything. And I said, like, dude, how much is that? Like trying to like I am not good at poker. Try to do the ultimate poker face. And I'm like, how much is that one? He's like, Oh, I had five bucks. I'm just, just going giddy. I'm like, oh yeah, just getting like you know what I'm saying that like my wife will go, oh, just walk, go, go. She's like, What it's fucking Dwayne Peters, man? Like, master of disaster. She's just looking at me like you think I know. Like like yeah, that's that's my other pride and joy. Like, you know, same thing. Like I could probably sell that, but it's like, hell no, like Dwayne Peters autograph in my fucking studio. That's amazing. <laughs> So sick. There's so many good memories in this studio and there's a bunch of keepsakes up on the wall that kind of depict all that. And I've got a little deck up there that I've painted. A photo of me with uh, one of your tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That was that. Um, that was that. That that night was skits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a funny. What did we walk from like? Where were we? Like Oxford Street all the way back to your place. Or there was a taxi ride in the middle there, but we were just collecting random bits of cardboard and... Oh, yeah, this will be good in artwork. Just sticky taping shit to ourselves. Ripped down an entire banner at one point. You were wearing a banner as a dress. (laughs) And just, yeah, that cabbie was just like, ah, fuck, I've seen it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good night. Just art nerds collecting (laughs) random rubbish off the street. Yeah, 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 other than the artworks up on the walls, there's shelves full of spray paint. Way too much paint. House Way paint. Yeah. There's an eclectic mix of different paints going on. Yeah. Well, so it kind of talks a bit to your style. You don't really, you you kind of mix, a, yeah, mix yeah. and match a bit. Yeah, generally. like, And I think lately I've refined it a little bit more. But um, yeah, like the house paint. And that's the problem though, you do... A couple of commission pieces or you do some job you don't want to do and then you get a bunch of colours that you will never ever use again and now it just builds up and it builds up and you're like, when can I get rid of these colours? It's like the house paint, you know, it's like so much there. But comes in, but then it also comes in handy when you're doing a studio piece and you're just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just use that. You use what you have rather than trying to, well, I do anyway, just mm. I'll use that colour. It's not exactly what's in the reference photo, but fuck it, just use that. Just make it work. Wash it out. Sometimes sometimes that's kind of the best, I reckon. Like making do with what you got, you get unexpected results. Yeah, happy accidents. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. And it's and that's that thing, that freedom to have a space like this where you can um you can just explore. And that was the beauty of when we had just the walls at the start, you know, you have an idea and you just literally just throw it on the wall. Don't like it, just paint over it. Like, doesn't matter, just keep going. Um yeah totally yeah so um i mean looking around it looks like you're working on something at the moment um other well, than it's signed that's finished that's finished <laughs> no uh what is it's abandoned it's abandoned yeah yeah why why is it abandoned but an artwork's never finished it's just abandoned yeah okay yeah, that's I a good like way that to look at it. because like you can you can keep any artist knows you can keep fucking with it you can keep fucking with it but you're only going to make it worse like yeah you get to a point where it's like i don't think you're ever truly happy with an artwork um there was one thing when um it's a bit of a sidetrack but i was watching the last wonder wars and i got to work or help out case mcclaim and watching him work and his partner he would totally step back and she would be there pointing things out to him and really like helping him see the piece and then i realized like oh wait like i'll do that with my wife but i don't realize it that she'll come oh what's the thing oh shit i didn't even notice that and so that's a funny thing i took a photo of that to show the wife you're like is there anything in that that looks weird she's like no it looks weird. okay cool it's done <laughs> yeah because that you can be staring at something and staring at something and not see it um there's a teacher i had in tafe who told me if you're stuck with a painting turn it around put it in a corner of your studio put it away don't leave it on the easel or where you can see it because every time you walk past it you'll just be like what the fuck what is this what is this turn it around put it in a corner six months six days turn it around stick it back in the easel and straight away be like ah that's what it is fucking that so yeah i always think you never finish you just you abandon it but. that's that's cool like i i think for for a lot of artists like I, the thing i admire is that you can actually take that time to you know spend you know weeks months on a piece and it might not be 
ever done. Yeah. Like for, for me, that's not the way I look at things. I need to start something and finish it in half an hour. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I think that's one of the things where I, I get ideas in my head, but I just can't do it because I don't have that patience. Yeah. Um, but, and, but it's like, it's anything. You have to learn that. Yeah. So I was the same. And so that was in even the style of artwork I would do, like even with a stencil, right? So it takes you a while to cut the piece, but then to spray the pieces quick as fuck. And then you can go and do it. And I hated working on a piece more than a day. I couldn't handle it, you know. And maybe it was like going back to my old, you know, stoner days. You could just sit there and cut the stencil. <laughs> That's just whatever. But then to actually paint the piece is really quick. But I've had to learn that. And even now I don't like having them hanging on the wall too long. Like you're like, oh, I got to get this done, get this done. Like I hear people work on a piece for like three months. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's my nightmare. <laughs> i swear like part of that process is like you hear people that don't do art or anything kind of creative and they're like oh, i'm no good at drawing like it's oh, just I wish, like i wish i could draw yeah yeah and it's yeah. just like if you just sit there you could doodle just something real crappy but if you keep like reworking 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 that's right yeah you're going to get an artwork like that's all that art is yeah it's, it's, putting it's, not, the time the first, into it's it. not the first time you do it you're going to get it like no and it's like anything like they say oh you're so lucky you can draw it's like yeah, i've been doing this since i was five like, you stopped like, <laughs> exactly yeah like there was another podcast i was thinking it was like a skateboard podcast and the guy was like oh i tried surfing once it's so hard like <laughs> dude that's like someone saying oh i stepped on a skateboard once and i couldn't do a 360 flip like what the fuck <laughs> like, you know if you said that to a skater they'd be like you're an idiot like surfing skating and art everything is like oh, i picked up a guitar once projects. and i couldn't play fucking hendrix like yeah. <laughs> everything everything takes a lot a lot of commitment and yeah. the funny thing with art is that you spend a lot of time by yourself and i think that that is what a lot of people trip on yeah that you for need sure. to be a person who's comfortable with themselves yeah <laughs> so you need to be able to spend hours and hours in a studio by yourself unless you're in a crew or whatever but most people it's probably why like most artists are introverted yeah. <laughs> extroverts are just like oh, what? yeah what's yeah, going like, on here like, what's he doing what's he the fear of missing out or whatever yeah, like, no, yeah, no, yeah. Fuck missing out. <laughs> It's right here. It's attention <laughs> deficit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose going along the uh, the lines of, you know, locking yourself in a studio and that, and you'd probably get a fair bit of, like, uh, I suppose, self-introspection when, when you do that. Do you feel like yeah. that translates to your work at all or is it uh, just more your personality? Um, it's, uh, it's weird for me. I think it's, yeah, I can't really answer that too. Honestly, only in the last... Oh, year or so or even not even that like so especially i mentioned pot before i used to have a real issue with pot and other drugs and i used to think that i needed it to create and then when you stop you realize oh no that was actually hindering my creativity so it's only been since then that i really and even when you stop smoking weed after such a long time it takes like a year before your brain actually starts functioning normal and then the longer you're off it the better it starts working um, and then now, yeah, totally start seeing more of myself in my paintings and more of a develop. Whereas before I think it was, it was, it was like over there, like it's hard to explain. Like you're almost trying to make what you think other people want to see or what you think is cool rather than what you really fucking love. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's been a bit of. A trip so not to go sideways on your question but no that's that's yeah. kind of the the direction i wanted to to head in with it um yeah. 
I think it'd be good for an artist to kind of see your work develop like that as well. Um, and like you said, you, you're not really painting for what other people want to see. And yeah. that's what you see with, with a lot of, a lot of good artists is a lot of the time they'll just do what they want to do. And, totally. Um, I think that's where you see, uh, that's where you can speak to a lot of people. You get more of a connection to other people who are viewing your art is because it might not be exactly what they want to see, but if you're kind of putting your brain and, and you know, your entire, um, you know, artistic vision onto a, onto a canvas or whatever, then yeah. if someone comes across that almost unexpectedly, they can connect with it a lot more. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's the thing you think. Um, so when you're trying to make a career out of it, I think when you're that's when you start to put those, what I call my senses. I was censoring myself a lot. Um, and then getting like this job, I was like, okay, like, you know, I work in conservation. I enjoy it. Let's just do this. And art is just going to be for fun. And then um, I went on that, that uh, clean collective trip and that was real good, like head cleaner and everything. And then I just realized like I'm making all these senses. I'm not making art for me. Yeah. So then you start, I remember because I, I changed even the way I sketched in my book and everything. And it was just one picture and I was like, I want a fox. So I draw a fox. Like just really trying to change. Like let's just draw what I fucking want to draw. And I was like, oh, I want something in its mouth. What's in there? And the first thought that came to my head was like a severed arm in the fox's mouth. And straight away I'm like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't put like a bone. Or something. It's like, no, what the fuck can't yeah, I do that? Why not? I want to see a severed arm in a fox's mouth. It may not sell, but I don't give a fuck. I want to make art that I can see. I'm like, yeah, that's fuck. That's sick. Like. Yeah. If I saw one of my heroes paint that, I would just be like, that's fucking epic. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just, as I said, taking those senses off and not painting what people expect of you as well. You get pigeonholed. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah but totally. we want another bird. It's like, oh, fucking getting sick of painting fucking birds. <laughs> like, I swear, I, yeah. I, I don't think I've had the same experience where I've like noticed that and then been free of it. I would like drift in and out of like painting what I think other people are going to think is cool and then yeah. also what I want. I think I like drift in and out. It's like such a battle, I think. Yeah, it is. But I think it's also uh, it's in line with development yeah. as well. So development of skill and of style and technique mm. that you are going to drift in and out and you are going to hit until you feel comfortable. Some people hit that shit early. Yeah. But then I almost feel sorry for people who hit it early because then you, you in another way, then you get pigeonholed. It's yeah, like, that's yeah, your yeah. technique, that's your style, that's what you do. If you step outside of that, people are like, well, who's this dude? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you look at someone like uh, Ape Seven, his style does just, it just keeps changing. If you looked at what he did 10, 15 years ago, you wouldn't know it's the same artist. But yeah. because the development has been, it's been fluid, like it's been gradual, that it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's George. Like, you know, like, I don't it's, know. Yeah, that's pretty insane to see his art evolve. Like, yeah, and I you, love seeing you can, people you that can do still that. Tell it's the same artist, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it, the evolution scale of it is yeah. like astronomical. His technique is just mastered. Yeah, like, he, that's right. And then I bet you, if you look at his work in another five years, it'll be totally different again. Yeah, no doubt. But just that level. Whereas, yeah. and it's the same as anyone though. If you were to look at any artist and you look at them early on you wouldn't recognize their work. Nah. But well, it's just Yeah, I'm looking at work of both of ours yeah. up on the wall in here from over 10 years ago and it's like, 
shit what was, yeah. what was I thinking <laughs> yeah. I always think about it in like terms of music so like people think like music and art and visual art there's similarities and I guess there is just a creative level but it's so different in the fact that like so if you look at work that you did years ago you're just like oh fuck I hate that shit but imagine if like every time you got on stage people want you to play that shit oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and that's going back to like what people kind of were used to like you doing or yeah um what people expect of you i think for a lot of people that i know that know your work they know it from the buildings around town yeah or the it, birds on the, the, bir- the like, yeah there's that stuff um yeah. and that was one of the the things that i wanted to talk to you about and i think you already covered it really is that you have definitely um not so much stepped away from that but you've evolved from that yeah um yeah. Yeah, what, what was it like being able to, I suppose, having, I don't know how free range you, it was to kind of paint those things, but um, I don't know, what was that step like kind of just being able to paint locally throughout the town and I suppose build your profile locally? Yeah, but. yeah. I, um, well, I guess like that first one, the steps up, like because you are trying, especially trying to get public art and heaps of other people talked about it, but for me, trying to get those public art uh, projects going, they all have, and I talked about this recently with another artist, is that they all have the same descriptive thing. We want you to hit, you know, local environment, local history, local, they almost like cut copy. Yeah. And so, and this artist I was talking about, he painted portraits and he's like, but that covers all the levels because you can do a local person and then that's local, that's history, it covers. And I'm like, yeah, well, then I paint birds. Yeah. That covers local, <laughs> it covers the environment. And so you do these things just so that you can get get over the line. You can get it approved. You can get you can beat everyone else out because it's a competitive market as yeah. well to try and get that shit approved. But then once you do that, then that's what people expect. Yeah. So, yeah, the ones on the gallery in Wollongong, they were like the first public art project I ever did. And the fact that they're still up there, you know, obviously it's not lost to me. That's a massive honour. But at the same time, like they're faded and the and that's what people know you as. You're like, oh, you did yeah. those birds. You're like, oh, shit, I wish they took them down. You know, like, yeah. And then it keeps going. And just recently, I've, I've got a mural coming up and trying to break away and do that different stuff and still use, you know, like local flowers and hands and shit. And then like, oh, yeah, they... I really like your birds. Can you put a bird in there? It's like, ah, oh, man, the birds. Like, am I ever going to get away with it? And that's the thing. Like, you can go and ask someone, look, I'll paint your wall for free as long as I get full artistic license. Yeah. I can paint. I'm not going to paint anything offensive. I'm not going to paint anything that's going to scare kids, but just let me paint what I want. That is so much harder to come past than to get approval for a five grand project. Yeah. And everyone must think, oh, yeah, that's great. You get, yeah, okay, like it's good like, to get paid and all that. But you feel like you've got these chains on you that you're still restricted, you know. And that's a, the beauty of public artists. It's for everybody. Yeah. But the artists are still so restricted. You know, you have artists like Alex. Um, oh, what's his name? Mind blank. Nah. Um, you're a bit guy. Anyway, like, you know, he paints like dark imagery. You know, I mean, it's really... It's not confronting, but I guess in a way it is. But, you know, you're not going to see like some full on, you're like, you can't paint like you know, skull and bones and blood and stuff on a mural. Like it's not going to happen. And, and for rightfully so, you can't go into somebody's community and put that on a wall and expect them to walk their kids to school every day past that shit. But at the same time, that's a, that's a comment, isn't it? It's, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you almost separate that 
that type of art from what you do here in the studio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then in the studio you feel and that's but I started doing that with the studio work. It's like okay, people like the walls. I'll paint what's on the walls on the Yeah. And then yeah, like my last exhibition, it sold well. But then like, you know, we were talking before, Luke, about like the crowd at your exhibition. A lot of younger people that yeah didn't buy the works or whatever. But if the work goes down well, I think I'm almost on that side of it now. It's like if it goes down well and people like it, then that's almost better than coming home with, you know, money in the bank. Yeah, like, yeah. The red dot doesn't always... Yeah, it doesn't always say everything. Tell the true picture. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and even like group shows, I've had pieces where people have really loved it. They're like, yeah, that's it, but it hasn't had the red dot. But the response I've gotten is so much better than having that red dot. Mm. It's like, yeah, cool, whatever. Or like, so now it's just paint it. Cause you want to paint it, like, cause you want to look at it, like, yeah, it gets you hyped, like, fuck yeah, like. So is this abandoned piece that's on your wall now? Is that kind of the direction where you're going? Um, that one actually, like, yeah, it's a bird. So the the mock up, the design was actually before I kind of had, cause I only had this kind of realization like not very long ago. Um, said with this new job and everything. Um, so the mock up, the design. Wasn't it? But the imagery and everything, I definitely made it darker and it's got blood in it and it's got, it, but that's also one that was um, inspired from the trip. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Clean that Coast looks, Collective. It looks like that. For sure. um, but I mean, the one I painted just before that, which I took down, is literally just like a severed pig's head. Yeah. yeah it's just like one day, just like, because <laughs> now when I sketch, like I'm not one who can just draw from my head. I have to have a reference. And so now I just look for images on the net, screenshot it, and then I'll just sit there and draw that. And I was just looking, I was like, ah, oh, pig's head would be cool to draw. I was looking at <laughs> like, oh, that's a sick photo of a severed pig's head. And drew it. I was like, that was fun. I'm going to paint this. I'm going to paint it big. And just like tacked up can. I don't usually do that either. It's just yeah, stick is, canvas to the wall. Yeah, this is really it cool. It gives you more freedom. Process, and then yeah. you can just roll it up, put it away, yeah. frame it another day. Whatever, maybe it never even sees the light of day. Who cares? But I fucking enjoyed painting it, you know. So, so wild. So yeah, you, you briefly mentioned the Clean Coast trip. Yeah, Clean Coast Collective uh, put on a trip up to the Cape York called Trash Tribe, yeah. and uh, we've both done them. Um, I did one year, and you've done another. And that experience, how much has that impacted like your outlook oh. and your art process? Yeah, fair. But I think, to be honest, like, yeah, so you did it um, 2017. I remember you tell me before you went, I was just like, man, that sounds sick. Um, and then when you come back, tell me the stories, it's just like, yeah, that's, that sounds like an amazing experience. Even just to be able to go to Cape York. Like, yeah, not totally. many Australians get to go there. So for me, it was like, oh, I get to go there. It's amazing. I'm definitely in. Um, and, you know, applying for it and thinking up, like, yeah, what so to, to yeah, when you apply, um, you've got to kind of pitch. You got to pitch what, an idea. Yeah, yeah, your idea that you're going to commit to after, and the then trip. also show like your background and everything as well. Yep. Um, and obviously working in conservation for like 16 years, I'm already along those lines. But I didn't expect what I was going to learn. Um, you think what you're going to learn about, but I learned more about myself, really. Yeah. Um, which sounds so cliche, but yeah, we, we really, kind of we. Me and you both kind of already know about the environmental side yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then the you impact, learn, you're not shocked by it. Nah. Um, but then and, it's meeting 
new people exactly. and like learning from those people. And just taking yourself out of that comfort zone. Like it's 10 days camping, which, you know, it's probably the longest I've spent in a tent really. I've done a fair bit of camping and hiking, but not that long. Yeah. Um, no phones uh, which is either. massive these days. It's, yeah. And especially like I got, you know, a wife and a young daughter. So not being able to talk to my daughter for like eight days of that 10 days was, was a big hit. Yeah, yeah. But there was even one day where we... Got to, we ran into this local ecologist who was like an amazing woman and she said, oh, if you go down to the beach, the, this certain part of the beach, you can get reception. And we've all just, oh, no, we're all good. And she was just like, yes, that's, she was so hyped that we said that because we were so committed to cutting ourselves off. And there was one point, one of the guys said, um, oh, I haven't seen my reflection in like six days or something like that. And it's just <laughs> something I hadn't thought about. She's like, holy shit, neither have I. Like, you know, you're not fully, like you got a vehicle and there's, drop toilets and there's running bore water or whatever like it's not like you're in the middle of freaking nowhere but just that idea that you're not caring about your complexion no one's having showers no one's there's no comforts but there was i think maybe a couple of times i got a bit tired or whatever but you're around such positive people that it kind of brings you up and if anyone knows me i'm pretty grumpy dude and for me not to get fully (laughs) grumpy in like 10 days is freaking amazing you know like and it, yeah, it's it's just a freaking amazing experience just being out there, like the local um, Aboriginal rangers and everything, their stories and just learning about the local environment. But then also just, I guess the work was similar, like it's picking up rubbish, but it's pretty similar to hand weeding. Like, you know, searching for it, just picking shit up, putting it in a white bag. I'm like, I've been doing this for 16 years. I'm good. Like, it's it's kind of <laughs> crazy how tight you get with people. Yeah. Like in that 10 days, like you Insane. don't know anybody when you first get on the trip. That's, yeah. And then you do like a two 12 hour drives with them. Yeah. 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 Just to get up to just the Just straight up. Yeah. And then over the next 10 days, you completely know these people and they become like, yeah. you become a tribe. So you, you do. You totally become you a tribe. Do. And yeah. when you, when the trip's over, you're on this high for like easy the next six months. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy yeah. because you've disconnected yourself from yeah. all of life's like little comforts and social media and all that crap. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something that um, I want to do more of is that disconnection. But also like when are you ever going to get a chance to just throw yourself in with a group of people like that or also like there were so many people that were so inspiring. Like there was one young girl, um, Kira, who... She just the whole time was just blowing out about how, because we were older, she was the youngest person, that how much we'd done. But for a 21-year-old, I was like, you've done more than I have. <laughs> like, you literally, like, if you're a few years younger, could be my daughter. Like, you're young enough. Like, But she was just such a solid chick and she just had so many amazing, like, ideas and so much positivity and just always so, like, forward thinking. And she's like, you don't you, you don't give yourself enough credit. And I think she realized either, and it wasn't until the end of the trip that, they did a little thing, it's a little bit cliche, but you all sit around the circle and someone sits in the middle and then everyone or three people get up and say something nice about the person and people are fighting to get up to say something <laughs> nice because everyone's just like vibing so good off each other. Like, yeah, you, when are you ever going to get that? Like, even amongst your own friends, like maybe when you're drunk, you just say, yeah, the fucking best, man. But <laughs> it's never sincere. Like, or yeah. maybe it is, but you don't know. You just, ah, fucking. Yeah. Yeah, he just had six beers. So. I, I don't <laughs> think that's something that's 
done enough in between people. No, like, um, no. like you said, like for you, you came away from, from that trip and almost like you, you looked at what you were doing broadly in life and yeah. whether that was from the entire experience of, you know, going up there and um, seeing the pollution problems and picking up trash or it sounds like for you it was more just about spending that time with the people and, yeah. um, and disconnecting. And I think Definitely. there's like in modern society you don't get a chance to do that at all like there's too much um there's too much i suppose focus around uh you know thumbs up and likes and and stuff on facebook and and it's all like if it's not that it's negative stuff yeah so to to sit down in a group like i said it might sound cliche but it's it's kind of what people need yeah um like it's yeah it's something that helps people massively like it's obviously changed the path that you were on before yeah yeah definitely i think like obviously i think i was on a bit of a life change before like cleaning myself up and having daughter and everything but yeah definitely just that disconnect like it takes away the the static there's so much static in our lives and it's, it is that thing of like shares views like that's what people seem to be going for yeah um, it kind of speaks to the mental health problem i think oh because totally and the like fact that like, that trip highlighted so much exactly like how we should be connecting as people and how much that's void in it, our everyday life. Yeah. And well, when when you come back, you you're on this high because you've had such a good experience, and you totally notice that it's missing. That's yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you said it mostly. You're going to notice it so big. And I think I was in Cairns Airport, and you're just looking around. It's like you've been like it's like you've been on tour in Iraq for twelve months. Like, I can't say that to anyone. It's actually, but but you know, it <laughs> is like this. It's only ten days, but it's just like what is what is wrong with us? Like, <laughs> just looking around. And it's funny, like, you had that um, that book before I went, the Sebastian Jung, uh, Junga tribe, and I read that before I went. And and it is so true that once you're amongst... But everybody has a job to do. Everyone's okay. And everyone, and if you're around people who are willing to pitch in, it makes so much sense. It's And it's when you start to notice, you come back, you notice, okay, this is the problem here. Like, people aren't willing to pitch in. They aren't willing to do the collective good and i understand it like sometimes just what's the point but because so many of us have that kind of negative outlook it just starts to filter into other people and whereas you're just around people that are just positive it doesn't take long for everyone just to get gathered up in that like, yeah yeah i think that's huge like spreading positivity for for a lot of people whether it's like locally or if you try and do it on a broader scale um, if you've got that audience to speak to, it's, it's massive. Um, like if you, if you have the chance to, like, if you know how much that's affected your life, if you've got that chance to pass it on to someone else, which can spread tenfold, that's, that's a massive influence to have. It's not easy though as well. I I mean, I used to be someone who would say lecture people or you you, you try and put like, no, you shouldn't do that, but you don't want to be that person. But it's that, I think it's things like that that you learn, you can just, just do what you're going to do. Like, yeah, even if you're only influencing a small few people notice it, it does spread. So, like, new Shalab Skate Park's been built and it's built across the road from 7-Eleven. So, every time I go there, there's just slurpy straws and slurpy cups fucking everywhere. There's yeah. two fucking bins. But, and I don't lecture the kids. I just, I just, yeah, not even trying. One day picked up 20 slurpy straws, you know, just start them skating around, just grab them. And then you start noticing, like, some young kids are starting picking them up and then even just the young kids come with their cups it's like you put them in the bin it's like hey guys you know like 
they're going to end up in the bin, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, good on you. It's my man. <laughs> All right. Like, you know, make them feel good. Little scooter kids. Like, yeah. And then you notice it actually starts, they start, oh, man, put that in the bin to their friends. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, and it's such a small thing, you know, plastic, like whatever. It's in the scheme of like global issues. But you realize how easily, not by lecturing people, but by that kind of positivity, you know what I mean? Not being negative and trying to demean people, but try and be positive in it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's um, the biggest biggest thing that i've noticed too since that trip i was probably in the same boat where you, you're trying to communicate to people like this is what you need to do like yeah. you can't be doing this and you, you got to do this or whatever but then as soon as you just start acting like showing by through your actions yeah like it it filters through it might only be small amounts of people from when you first start doing it but then it just slowly builds and builds and then you start seeing like all your friends around you kind of doing it as well yeah and, and i think if you are that kind of com- confrontational it puts people off as well mm, totally and it's oh yeah those damn tree huggers man they're always fucking in my face always about that shit and then if you're one of them then it's oh then that stereotype is justified yeah like you know whereas if you're against it you're like oh man whatever like now i got my keep cup but i'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't you shouldn't use that. Oh man, I can't believe you use single use coffee cups. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they might see you with that and they might ask you about it one day because you're not hounding them. No, yeah. And then down sure. the line, they might grab one or yeah. whatever. Like, exactly. And yeah. I've had that happen a bunch of times. Yeah. Cafes, right. Like, I'll order my coffee with my keep cup and then the dude yeah. next to me or behind me that's ordering next is like, oh, I've got to get one of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then he buys it in front of you and you're just like, yeah, sweet. It's just that, and yeah. as you said, it's positive. It's not demeaning. Uh, it's not um, looking down on people. You're not going to change the world by looking down on people and pointing the finger. No. And that's what Sebastian Junger said as well. We need to listen to both sides. Yeah. And if you, you need both sides. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it needs to be a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the biggest thing with the world right now is it is getting polarized mm. and there's no talking in between. And people are thinking, oh, my side's right. My team's right. Yeah. Oh, I watch you, Q&A. It's like, that's not a conversation. No, that's exactly. That's just sensationalizing. Like, yeah. They probably do some great stuff, but that's they, I can't watch it because that's what it is. Yeah, so. exactly. There's two sides saying things, but they're not communicating no. and hashing ideas no. out. Whereas, you know, I have people in my family or in my friends or whatever who are, I would deem conservative. Yeah. I can have a conversation with them. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's also mutual respect there. So it's not going to end up as just a, an argument. It's going to be, no, we need to end up at the same point because I still value our relationship. Yeah. So it's a different... And it's the biggest it's totally thing. Like different. You, yeah, I, I had a realisation like a few years ago, like you need both sides. One, one side goes too crazy and goes completely yeah. off the deep end. Yeah. And you need that other side to rein it in and create those checks and balances. Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah. it... it Works exactly both ways. Yeah. It's yeah. Just uh, a yin and yang puzzle. <laughs> That's it. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, I think there's two types of people. Everybody wants to learn, like, whether it be about something simple like, you know, 
picking like the right way to recycle or pick up trash or if it's something bigger than that like everyone clean a carburetor on a v8 engine mate exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) like everybody wants to learn anybody that doesn't is finding a way to stop developing developing themselves which is a pretty futile end but yeah yeah. i think there's the type of people that that there are are the people that don't know how to find out how to learn they don't know how to ask questions and then you've you've got other ones which will be real assertive and and kind of go over the top and i think like we were saying before with um just kind of you know picking up the straws in the skate park it's it's providing that avenue for the people who don't know how to ask those questions to to be able to get that information yeah true because it's not always available unless you go searching for it yeah yeah and i think that's that's definitely something that that is good if you're able to provide that um i mean looking at that um artwork on the wall i know we keep going back to it that's that's why i left it up (laughs) yeah um (laughs) and obviously that ties in with your trip to to cape york Uh, is there anything else you try and focus on you know environmentally um sort of based like with whether it be uh, you know picking up rubbish or or whatever um you know what what kind of what concerns do you have well that's that's a good point actually it's been something that i've been thinking about um a bit lately and i've been noticing actually things popping up in other things like pain gr seed and um that and even um that from clean coast collective has made a couple of posts about it that this kind of focus on single-use plastics and everything like yes it's a great thing to get a hold of and control and lessen how much we use it but it's also in a way i've been thinking lately it's a little bit of a distraction that we have a greater threat to losing like mass extinction through invasive species than we do from plastic. Um, there's greater threat from global warming than from plastic. It's still an issue. It's still an issue. We need to use it. But mm. I think people like a corporation can say, oh, we're doing all this stuff about cleaning up plastic while they're pumping out millions of tons of carbon into our atmosphere. Um, it's not an easy thing. That if you've gone and spent a week cleaning up a beach or you do that all the time to then go oh maybe we need to focus on something else they both need to be focused on but it's just so easy to get people down to a beach cleanup and it, it mm. makes sense because you can do something i pulled a bag of you know i've gone to a beach cleanup and i pulled out a bag of plastic i think that's the the best thing about it but it's that stepping stone yeah, like it. Yeah, true. It's your true. it's your kind of first step into taking care of the environment. Yeah, and realizing that you do have a hand to play well, it, in the in the whole like problem. It's like that coal front thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, that's the you can go and do it. What are you and I going to be able to do about, say, mining interests or, you know, about like inv- okay, so I've worked in invasive species for sixteen years. I also know how fruitile that is as well. <laughs> like. Yeah. So it's that it's a lot easier to go and pick up a straw and think, you know, I might have saved the turtle's life. And you probably have. Grab that plastic bag and think, all right, something's not going to think that's a jellyfish, you know. But then to take on politicians and to take on corporations and take on the system, fuck, like even, even with 10, you've seen what's going on in England right now. Like that's amazing what they're doing with the Extinction Rebellion and mm. super creative way. But politicians and media can so easily spin that and it just all seems for nothing, you know, thousands and thousands of people. But you just, yeah. Yeah. I I guess, yeah, going back to what you're saying, that's what I've been trying to think of later. And then how do you express that in an artwork? Yeah. And then what does that artwork even do? Yeah. 
because I think a lot of the time I do it, I don't expect this is just my painting, is my release. That's just that made me less pissed off. <laughs> I painted yeah. that, yeah. and now I'm like, oh, okay, I feel a bit better. I'm going to be a better person in society. I'm going to be a better husband and father because I got it out. Like yeah. you know, it's like that punching bag. But for me, it's it's a canvas I'm painting. Like, yeah, and that, that's personal development and being able to do your own little bit about yeah. whatever it might be. But um, on a broader community scale, you see, um, like you said, what's going on in, in England, um, but also with. I know through the surf community, the drilling in the bite um, and yeah, the, the protest yeah. has been against that. That's a um, good point. There's been a really, really big yeah. reaction to that um, And I've been psyched to see the young dudes yeah. in Instagram and the people who do share it. And, you know, you people you wouldn't expect. And, yeah, it's just sharing a post. But it's things like that. You're like, man, even this, even these young kids, you know, like yeah. Karen Woolley or young Byron and that, they're posting it on Instagram and it's just like, ah my man my man and that gives me positivity you know what i mean and then it's like okay i didn't think these kids would be down for it but they are that's that's one step which is cool like the the posting of it and generating awareness the next step which is one thing that i was really impressed to see you see the surfers doing the big paddle outs yeah and you've seen like pictures of thousands of people showing up at the beach um that are all showing up to to basically say to the government we don't want this happening in our country like Um, I think this, the surf community specifically, and I think that extends into other smaller communities, um, you know, nationwide is one that can really band together and, and try and make a difference because we all are in the ocean. And That's I think right. as a human, we all use the planet, like yeah. any environmental issue, everyone should be passionate about it. Yeah. Um, without the yeah. environment, we can't keep living. Yeah, there's no separation between environment and surfing culture. That's yeah. what I'm feeling that's beautiful about surfing culture is that it's, it's one thing growing up like surfing or whatever, lid and whatever, <laughs> is just getting out at six o'clock in the morning or when the sun's rising and you're paddling Minamar River and then you're, you're, you're in nature, you're seeing the most beautiful part of nature. You go to the skate park at 12 o'clock in the midday, you don't really see that. <laughs> so unfortunately that connection just isn't there. But the cultures are very similar. And so I'm slowly surfing, obviously take three for the sea and stuff like that. It's been going for years now it's starting to make its way into mm. skateboarding and you know, just, I would say that's those, a, yeah that's a great point yeah I'd say those protests against the the big oil moving into the great Australian bite is kind of directly off the back of people being aware and picking up the rubbish from their take three yeah from the take three oh, influence totally. and you're seeing surfers also run for government to fight this shit too yeah, which right. is like the next step. Well, and so surfing you're getting, is so ingrained in yeah. Australian culture, just straight up, yeah. yep. you know. So it does have a bigger influence than, and, you know, you see fucking Scamo, Scott Morrison, whatever, like a fucking Mick Fanning's mum gave him his hat, like, like you know. <laughs> but he isn't he? He's trying to take off like this tiny little bit of surfing culture and he's trying to make yeah, that work for him. exactly. If anything, that just proves how influential surfing culture is. Yeah. That. Like he's trying to trying to be cool and trying to be hip to the kids. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, and it's like, yeah, just trying to take that little bite out just of the our culture. Just the tiniest little bit. But then yeah. at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, okay. And, and when, like, when he did wear that hurly hat, oh, surfers hurly everywhere hat. were so filthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, it's like, the worst. This, yeah, it's the worst. It's like, yeah. 
It's like when yeah, your dad tries to make a joke and you say, oh, man, they no, you don't you don't get it, Dad. <laughs> You're a politician, whole, just stand over there. Like. His whole community just collectively groaned at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you're not helping, man. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon's worse though, wearing the Hurley hat or cruising around at the beach in your bud- budgie smugglers oh, like Tony? Shit. Oh. Oh, malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> Clamp down. Um, oh, jeez, man, that's a tight. You know, like if it was just on, okay, the Hurley hat or wearing the budgie smugglers. As much as I hate Tony Habit with a passion, at least he's just being him. You know what I mean? He's not trying to be someone else. Um, but you almost feel like that's always the wrong answer because it's Tony fucking Habit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'd have to... I think I'd have to fucking go with Tony. Fuck. That's why we're here. We're asking <laughs> asking questions. hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, making me sweat. <laughs> Yeah, there is a piece up on the wall that is directly influenced by Tony Abbott's Oh, true. Bad true, policies. True. Um I can kinda remember what I called that one, Snarling Dog or something. Yeah, that was a really early piece there. A, a rabid dog's head on Tony Abbott's um body. Yeah, it's just the suit, man. It's the suit. Like it's uh it's a powerful image, I reckon. Oh, you put a suit into an artwork and it straight away people know exactly what you mean. Like there's no romantic images of people in suits. Like it's a fucking evil symbol. <laughs> <laughs> and like so the artwork is half of Tony Abbott's the bottom half of Tony Abbott's head, like just his mouth, and then a German shepherd snarling and barking and spraying and spitting venom everywhere. And you, and then below that is the suit and Tony with a very Tony hand gesture. Like you've <laughs> captured that hand gesture. Like very it's fascist. a powerful piece. It's super powerful. Yeah, that's early when I was doing that kind of break. And that, that was the same thing. Like I did a few, I guess it was like what you were saying before, like when you were saying you dip in and out. I did do a, a series and there was the other one up there that the guy trying to squeeze blood out of a bit of coal. I did do some stuff where you just throw it out there. It's totally what, it's dark. It's fucking, it's enjoyable fucking pain. And it was cool to put that series. It was, you know, a rad bar actually, I think. Rad bar then? Anyway. Um, but yeah, I had another piece of, um, I think it was a Joe Hockey piece as well. Um yeah, it's a couple of, yeah, stepping back to the suits. I haven't done one in a while, so I have to paint another suit. I was like, um, someone's saying, you know, ban the burqa. But there's been more more damage done by a man in a suit. Like, it's the most, That's I a did point, a painting, yeah. the other, a drawing the other day, and I wrote that the most dangerous thing in the world is a man in a suit. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's true. Every war, everything, if I a man in a suit. People are scared of hoods. It's weird. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those damn teenagers. Yeah, in hoods. <laughs> unless it's worn by a priest or whatever. Maybe you yeah. should be more. <laughs> maybe more scared of it by a priest, really, huh? Yeah, the kid in the hoodie. He's trying to look scary. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole point to it, like. Um, well, I think for for me, like um, we've talked about what a lot of other people like locally recognize your art as yep. those those murals and stuff and you know your birds um 
for me, I think the the most memorable pieces, other than the masks, the mask that you were putting on a, a few uh, of your paintings a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Luke's got tattooed on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think these pieces up here are some of the, like especially the Tony Abbott one is is one of the ones that really sticks out for me because yeah, right. I don't know why. I think it, it might have just come at a time where I was really getting into art. And, yeah. Um, and it kind of spoke to me like that, but. Um, I think you've done a really good job at just portraying <laughs> it's Tony Abbott, like, yeah. yeah, and like like Luke said, it's such a Tony Abbott hand. Well, I think it's a, it's like the the Hurley cap in a way, like, yeah. I think subconsciously you can see honesty through art. Yeah. That's one thing I've always loved, and I haven't been like you know I've copied people and also done things that you think people are just going to like, um, and I've had an issue with. Well, not, not issue, but you know, had discussions with artists about that, and it comes through with some people. Like, if you look like an artist like Fintan McGee or someone like the guys that I really like, and I love their work, you, it's just pure honesty. There's nothing in there, and some there's other artists that I think are great, but I don't think they've been fully honest with themselves. Mm. And I think it comes through the pieces that you like of that person is like that. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, it might yeah, it might have been that time or influence, but I think you can look at someone's artwork and go, I really like that one because I can feel them. I don't know the artist, but I yeah. can feel it. You know, I don't know. And that, that's what art is a lot of the time. Like you, a lot like you can walk into a number of galleries and have no idea what an artist is and look at all the the paintings and, and know it's genuine. Yeah, like, there'll yeah. be ones that speak to you that you you're like, okay, I can feel that connection. Yeah. Um, which, and it doesn't have to be some dark moody shit or whatever. No. Like you know, there's other artists out there like uh, yeah, Josh uh, Jatuski. But right? he's got a really like his style. Like it, I've always thought that's and you, if you know him, you met him, you're like that's so genuine. Yeah, that that like he feel it and he can explain it all and it's it's there. You yeah, know? it's really fucking genuine. Or someone like Alex Halls or something. It's like it's genuine. Or Mike what perfect. Yeah, you know, and that's just genuine. I've seen that guy work. It's yeah. Uh, it's an extension of himself yeah you know like that's i love that kind of thing like yeah which is um, it's that's what it's meant to be really yeah and like we said once you step away from painting for what people expect of you that's when your art becomes an extension of yourself yeah and i mean hopefully that's something you can begin to explore a bit more yeah you know from from now and like you can yeah i'm looking forward to it actually like he's putting together another body of work of stuff that i can just look forward to hanging it on the wall. As yeah. I said, I don't care if it gets red dots. Yeah. Just want to hang it all on a wall and just book out a gallery and like not even advertise it. Don't even just book out a gallery, put the fucking yeah. artworks on a wall and then just sit in there with like a six pack by myself and just go. <laughs> just look at it. Yeah. Appreciate and then, it. And then take them all down and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> the gallery is like, what? I paid you your 200. That'd be a rad way to do it though. <laughs> That'd be a sick way to do it. Like. Just awesome. pure honesty. Hey, like, yeah. Because if you can do that, if you could happily do that, I think then you're on the right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That, that's a complete negation of ego as well. If you if Dude, you can do that. That, like, that is the next thing. Hey, it's yeah. like killing ego. Is yeah. like a big thing I've been struggling with. It's like, yeah. Are you doing it for you or are you doing it for your ego? Yeah. It's like, ah, kill it. Like That's it. Wipe it out. Like, is that even like jealousy and stuff? It's like, oh, is that you or is it ego? Wipe it out. Like, get rid of it. Like, yeah. If even if it brings up jealousy, like even like stuff on Instagram, it's like that brings up jealousy, unfollow it. Yeah, like just get rid of it, just yeah. get it out of your life. It doesn't need to be there. Like, yeah, that's how kill it your be. ego. That's a fucking. That's one thing I'd love to do. 
I don't think you can ever do it. <laughs> it's it'd be tough. I don't know many people that can do it. Ah, for ah, sure. Um, but let's let's talk hands. Um, <laughs> I that's a recurring theme I see in a lot of your artworks. Yeah, You're yeah. Good at drawing them, at, at painting them. Is there a reason that that comes up a lot in in your artworks? I know I've talked to plenty of artists that just hate doing hate it. hands. Hate yeah, it. but you got it. it's the scale. Yeah, a big hand is easy to is easier to do. Yeah. Um, but they're so expressive. That's yeah. the thing I love about them. You can say so much with a hand. You know, you think about all the gestures. You know, middle finger up. Like that's yeah. a fucking powerful. Thing. I got it off a dude on a motorbike the other day. And I was like, Fuck man, <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, dude. Nothing hurts more than when you're driving. Have you ever got a <laughs> no. thumbs down while you're driving? That's the worst. <laughs> exactly. There's so much expressions. Where it's like a shocker, and you're like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's for me. It's so expressive. Um. And one of the reasons I started doing it when I started to explore more realistic uh, or realism and that, is so I can't draw from my head. Yeah. What do you always got? A hand. So you just put your hand on the piece of paper yeah, and okay. you draw your fucking hand. It's <laughs> yeah. right there. Like as long as you've got two hands, sorry to anyone who doesn't, but <laughs> if you got, it's right there. Yeah. And so a lot of time I'd got used to just drawing my left hand and that was a little thing. And then... um trying to think i can't even remember the first time actually i think it was just randomly yeah it was just it was really trying to um explore realism and just found an image of like a hand i thought i'm gonna give that a go and doing it on a larger scale that's one thing people always ask it's like for me and a lot of people sorry um it's easier to paint big and that seems weird to people who don't paint a mural it seems bizarre to me but once you've got it once you got your proportions right, yep. if you think about like if that fingernail, if I'm trying to paint my hand to scale, that fingernail is what, 10 mil, not even eight, five, six mil. I'm painting it on a wall. It's five or six bricks. Okay. That's one scrape there. I can be really rough with it. Like not to go back on the same thing, but if you look at a Finn Tamagui piece from far away and then you walk up and look at it up close and you're like, shit, that's just one brush stroke yeah that highlight is just one brush stroke but from two blocks back or even 50 meters back that looks like a perfect highlight yeah and that's the thing with paint with scale once you've got your proportions right it's actually easier okay so to paint a hand big is actually it's yeah i find like the ones that did the skate park at kyama when i did that um hand plan series Mm. they were some of the easiest ones done because you're just painting a hand you're not worrying about the background you're just putting it in this space you're using the graffiti around it and everything like yeah that would that was actually easier to paint than if than that one you know what i mean like than that one on that painting because it's only what 20 centimeters across the entire hand yeah. like that does my head in whereas people are like, oh, i hate painting hands it's like yeah because you're drawing the whole body yeah. just paint the hand <laughs> so yeah you you paint some pretty massive walls how did you get into doing walls um, oh, I guess it's always that thing that I started do, okay, so I did a little bit of graffiti when I was younger, but I was fucking terrible. And then I started doing characters. It's still fucking terrible. And then stencil art kind of took off and the street art thing. And so I started doing stencils and was just doing them. I mean, what the biggest piece of cardboard is like, what, 60 by 80 or whatever the fuck it is. And then you can get a couple together. But then it was one time I went painting with a uh, mate, Hugo. Um, and he turns up with a crate of paint. 
I turn up with a crate of paint and all these pieces of fucking cardboard and fucking sticky tape and all the other shit that you need. He just put paints like a traditional graffiti piece and I'm there fucking, we've buffed the wall. I've got to wait for the wall to fucking dry before I can put my cardboard on. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. I want to paint big and then I'm trying to paint big and so I was using multiple stencils, one stencil that was, you know, four pieces. So you're trying to go, I guess it's just a, it's a natural thing with, it's, it goes back to graffiti and everything. You want to go bigger, you want to go bigger. Um, and then once I learned to paint without, it was the same thing. Once you learn to paint without it and then you want to go, uh, you find that it's, oh, it's actually not that hard to paint bigger scale. I don't want to go bigger. I want to go bigger. I want to go bigger. Um, and I haven't really painted that big. Like I've painted some long ones. The one, like I've done that one at Unindera that was the the biggest. But um, yeah, I'd love to do some really big stuff. But then that's just next level. That's another whole ball game. You know, like what those guys do. Um, but yeah, painting, it's, it's physical. So I work, I've been working in the bush my whole life since I was 19. I work physical. So painting a wall is physical. You're painting with your whole body. So that's what I love about painting a wall. You're painting with your whole body. It's a work. You really work. Like I can be on a chainsaw all day, cutting through Lantana or some shit. I'm nowhere near as tired as when I come back from painting a wall. And I think I paint differently. See, I watch a lot of other dudes and they have, they go get a coffee. You know? and, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm having my lunch leaning against the wall. Like, and it's like the shortest lunch I ever had. <laughs> like, and it's just straight. Cause it's so enjoyable. But it's also that physical thing, like if that makes any sense. But yeah, um, no, totally, totally yeah, does. That's that's what I enjoy. It's the physical. The physical is like you paint with your whole body. You're out in the elements. That one I painted at Kaiama at the surf beach. The first day I was painting it was big surf, and there was a time I was painting literally watching for a set, <laughs> and a set had come and I'd have to turn my because I'm painting off my phone. And I'd have to turn and cover my phone, and the sea spray had come over. And then I'd like go back to paint and just keep half an eye on the ocean. <laughs> like, and it was just, it was, it's one of those times that it's like, it's kind of a shitty experience, but it's a great experience. Cause you like, it's that thing that like, you'd know, like, ah, oh, that shower's going to be so epic tonight. Like I'm going to yeah. earn that shower. I'm going to earn that fucking beer. Like, yeah, that's what I really enjoy about it. Um, but also the big thing is just public arts for everyone. Yep. That's what I love about public art. You know, you can, Galleries are such a secluded thing. It's changed a lot, but still not everyone walks in a gallery. The best thing is when you're painting that interaction with the public mm. and some do, oh, fucking good job, mate. You know, yeah, yeah, dude, that guy's never going into an art gallery, <laughs> no, you know? So I've it. exposed him to art. Yeah. How fucking good is it, that? Like? It can be daunting for a lot of people to go into an art gallery. Like uh, as, if you don't feel a part of that no. community. Um, I, I don't. I don't. There's been yeah. plenty of group shows where I've, I've had artworks in the fucking group show. And I've walked in, said a cu- hello to a couple of people and left because I don't feel included. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's one thing about your public art. Like you said, it includes so many people which everybody. wouldn't have either seen your work or been exposed to art in the first place. Yeah. And that's what you see from the mural festivals like Wonderwalls or whatever. You'll see the people that come out and bring the kids out and everything. Like it's such an inclusive thing. It's such a broad dynamic of the society mm. that you're just like, yeah, wow, this, this actually... You don't realize because that's the thing. Like we enjoy painting the walls. We're going to paint it fucking everywhere. We're going to paint it in an abandoned building where no one fucking sees it. But then if you get that that initial reaction from the public, like you, it's for me, I still get blown away. I yeah. still get blown away by how many people like. And that was cool helping out with the last Wonder Walls. Is not 
just helping out artists and interacting a little bit because I didn't have to, I'm not painting and seeing how much people really enjoy it it's just like wow this actually does mean a lot to people this isn't just us inflating our fucking egos yeah <laughs> like which really that's all we're doing yeah. <laughs> and then sign your fucking name three foot high <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the other thing your, your signature definitely gets bigger when you get onto those bigger walls yeah, right? <laughs> always try to keep it smaller hey like each to their own like yeah. I've seen some people you know they have the Instagram tag while they're painting and then they'll eventually go well, you know, each to their own whatever I could never do that like and I've even toyed with we were saying like toying with the idea of going back to my real name um and I would like to do it because I see it's part of ego or whatever. Like I trait started as it's beautiful because it's like thing I loved about street art. It was faceless art. But at the same time, you get to a bit of an age and you're like, oh, this is kind of childish. But then also like riding horse pool on the bottom of it. That's a lot of letters, man. (laughs) (laughs) Trait is so much easier to write. I don't have hand style. I just write it like a kid, you know. (laughs) That's that's pretty like a pretty fascinating thing with artists coming up with like different, like a pseudonym and a different persona kind of thing yeah, that goes yeah. with the art and then you you kind of live separate to that almost. You, well, you grow up and you develop and then you're like, do I drop the name, do I not? But everyone knows me as that. It's like starting again. If you do it early enough, people don't notice that. But yeah, at the same time. So, you know, like it's bringing up the same artists all the time, but if if George was to start writing instead of writing Ape Seven, you know what I mean? Like people mm. may not know. I know he goes, Oh, you know, George, I'm like Ape Seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time it suits him so well. Like yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah. like I I run Luke OK. Yeah. Which isn't my real last name. No way. Okay, something like <laughs> <laughs> And and like it it's it got to the point like when I was getting married is like do I just use this name now? <laughs> Is my wife going to become... Have last name okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we're both changing our name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have just taken, taken my wife's last name. It would so much easier to write. <laughs> just write Baker. <laughs> but, and, yeah. and that ties into skateboarding too. So you yeah, could have yeah, yeah, heritage yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. And they're just trying to cash in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah again like that's kind of where graffiti is like you're just writing your big a name on the wall yeah and yeah. and then that's evolved into street art oh like totally the, the two coincide with yeah. each other yeah and graffiti still is like a massive cultural influence oh totally totally and if anything i think it's more genuine a lot of people will be against us on that but I love sending tags. <laughs> yeah. It's like straight walls. But uh, even in that, yeah, with the names and everything, like you always find it a little bit weird when you are around graffiti writers and they're like, yeah, you've got your name so you don't get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my name just because I don't want people to know who I am. Like, you know, like, It's fucking crazy that we still see it as like a separate like dirty side of art like, yeah i think like it definitely is separate letters, though, like, letters are like somehow not as pretty as a yeah. picture no oh, and, totally. oh, yeah, and then yeah. you can get yeah. criminalized oh, for painting insane. letters oh, i love instead what of you do but i don't want what those other people do it's <laughs> like yeah where the fuck do you think we all started 
Um, but I think it is still separate in, in respect to graffiti writing is that because they are still illegal. Yeah. Whereas if Which you, is, like literally, I could go to a public wall, like depending on what, if I was to paint with paintbrushes, yeah. people would, wouldn't even blink. No. Nah, put but a as high soon as you go, fuck man, you watch like people get on the phone like and start calling the cops. Like, and that's the crazy thing. Like it's not even what you're painting, it's the material you're using. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's still got insane respect for graffiti oh, writers because yeah. it's like, and even if you're running around with a spray can and you're spraying stencils, people are so much more okay with that than if you're throwing up a tag. I, I kind of feel like like street art is kind of pushing people to expand their visual. Oh, definitely. I like think it's tolerance a lot more. To, I mean, oh, look at softballs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember it was like my father-in-law was like, have you seen this Suffles video? Like, yeah, yeah. I was saying, yeah. And he's just yeah. painting big old letters. Well, just that, that uh, what was it called? That, ah, um, oh, man, the one they did the factory where it was just all that yeah. um, Selena Miles yeah. films or whatever. Oh, she's a weapon yeah. too. Yeah, and it, that broke down so many barriers because yeah. people were like, how sick is this? I'm like, yeah, but like it's good. Do you know where he started? Like, you know what I mean? He was painting trains and he was... Like Fintan McGee was painting trains. Exactly. Like, you know, you need to, it's all progression. And even if they don't progress, it's still an art form in itself. Yeah. Like great graffiti art is amazing. And when you go to an area, like you go somewhere like Coffs Harbour and they got like a sick graffiti scene in Coffs Harbour, like a high standard or whatever, you know, you can walk around Wollongong and not, not, yeah, you know, there's some great graffiti writers in this area, but then you'll go to an area and it's like, wait, what's going on here? Or like the Blue Mountains. Yeah, that's and see that's like totally great weird graffiti art. It's like what different fuck, areas like, are pulled into different cultural aspects. Yeah, of art. Like, there's just some good old heads that are teaching the youngins or some shit. I don't know, I don't know like, how it yeah. how it works. How it works. Or it's, yeah, that's no, good. Like even like skaters in Wollongong. How's there so many good skateboarders in Wollongong? You know, I only ever had two parks for 20 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something that it comes generally, generationally though. It's um, like with, with your skaters because you've got a couple of good skaters even if they don't have, maybe only having two skate parks is something that kept them hungry. Definitely, definitely. Made, made them want to you yeah. know, travel elsewhere and then Shit get better spots. and then they, they come back to Wollongong and teach all the other kids about yeah. it. Or um, they get them hyped and see that it's possible and... I think it's also, especially skateboarding, it's like that thing, like, you're skating shitty spots. I remember when I moved to Sydney, and you're like, how's this spot? And the guys in Sydney were like, no, no, that, that that landing's rough. You're like, it's like a new bitumen road. Like, yeah. Come skate Wollongong, dude. Like, the mall is rougher than this. Like, whereas now, it's a lot different. Like, But yeah, I think, especially like England or somewhere like that, where it's, it's harder to get shit done. Or like Melbourne with artists, you know mm. what I mean? Like, the weather's shit, that's why they're good artists. Like, yeah. So I have so many musicians from Iceland, like because of the weather shit. Like <laughs> you, you know, do shit something when you're stuck inside breed. for six months of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it breeds it. Whereas if everything's sweet and pretty, like Sydney Harbour, then nothing yeah. creative is going to happen. Like, yeah, it's just going to be carbon copy, carbon copy, carbon copy. Like. Yeah, you you can't. No one can develop if everything's there in front of them. You've got to actually work for it. Definitely. Um, there, there's a. a good quote from actually like mike tyson of all people to get a good oh, yeah, quote right. from his his son was starting to box and he said you can't be a boxer like you're you're growing up in a rich family you're not hungry yeah yeah and nothing that's, to fight for yeah. yeah nothing to fight for yeah. like i like that yeah and yeah. i think that applies to so yeah. many different things yeah i remember uh, i had a um we asked, when i was doing fine art we used to have to go to these lectures once a week 
You didn't have to go at all, but you had to do a, a certain amount of them or whatever. Can't remember any I went to. Except this one. And there was this Ethiopian uh, printmaker. And he did amazing shit with like taking bread wrappers and he'd, because he had no money. So he learned how to get the ink out of bread wrappers and then print that onto paper and like just amazing dude. And he said, you can't be an artist if you don't have a problem. And I was kind of like, those people who were like offended by him saying that. And I was there just going, oh, yeah. And, but yeah, what is that problem? You know what I mean? It could be anything. But for me, it was just like, if you've got a struggle, it's like, that's, that's what drives you. That's what makes you want to paint. That's what makes you want to get it out. Like, yeah. yeah uh, I like that. Yeah. You can't be a boxer. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be a boxer anyway. Imagine trying to follow Mike Tyson. It'd be impossible. <laughs> You'd get the shit beat now of, you, of people just saying, I beat up Mike Tyson's son. <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think that that creative direction is is definitely something that, like you said, you find it in clusters. Yeah. And I think that's good. Where, where do you see the whole... I mean, in regards to art, the art scene in, you know, Kayama and our local area going from, from here on. Kayama, not real great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wollongong's got a good art scene. It always has. Um, I don't know if it's because of the uni or if it's because, like, you know, it's blue collar and it's rough. Like, it's it's had tough uh, beginnings and tough middles and they're still, it's still hard. Like, you know, and I think that breeds it. And because there is, like you were saying, you got that older generation and people to look up to but then you've also got you know Wollongong Council is pretty open to art yeah you try and get like I've hit up Wollongong Council about oh I want to paint this wall all right yeah we can't get any funding but we've got your approval to paint that wall all right and that took yeah. two three weeks yeah I tried to paint a wall for free in Kaima just I'll paint this I want to paint this I want to paint this it took over a year yeah. for it to happen and it, in all they wanted to make sure I got paid but what they don't realize is just we're gonna fucking paint you know mm. And you look at how many, and then when I was, you know, talking to people within council and stuff, and you tell them the artists that are from Kayama, and they're like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, they don't even realize, you yeah. know? It's like, yeah, there's some amazing, like, Claire Foxton's from Kayama, but most people don't know that. Yeah. You know, and people in Kayama don't know that, and that's a, such a shame that she's such an amazing muralist, yet has no murals in Kaiama. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's something that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's something that people of Kaiama should be proud of. It's like exactly you should want should her to known. come and do a wall in yeah, town. So we've yeah. got you know that bit of legacy. And there. and that, like you're saying, gets kids fired up. Yeah, it gets them going. Like, um, you know, and even like with Kaiama Skate Park, like that's our little go. It's our place to go and paint, but. Mm. When they stopped making that illegal wall, then it just changed and kids just started tagging up there. When it was illegal wall, there was great every week you'd go up there and I'd like I couldn't wait to see the new piece that had been done. New graffiti but it was like and the standard was getting good and then they just killed it. Yeah. By not making it just one day go up and they arrested our mates and just like it never it got thrown out mm. but you just changed the dynamic now. And now that place is where you go to tag. Whereas it used to be where piece guys would go up and spend four to five hours with their mate to make a full production, and it was fucking sick. Yeah. Um, but that's the difference. So I think it is you have that cultural thing, but yeah, that's for me. It's like Kayama and Shell Harbor's even worse. I don't know if you noticed, but they had like so this one at Albion Park uh, rail train station that was done by Katsy like years ago, and it, it ran for I don't know how long, 
drove past one day and it was just buffed green, like that prison green. And that's obviously someone new has come come in and that's their policy. But they buffed a bunch of legal murals that had Mm. been there for years that had never been tagged, never been fucked with. Yeah. They were, you paid someone to do that at some point and then you went and buff. And so now they've obviously got a policy, buff it. Yeah. Buff it, buff it. But they, in money terms, they cost way more. So we did a project with uh, Wollongong Council. We went and painted their work caravans, you know, the ones they like put on work sites. Yeah. And they still covered them with like graffiti coating so they could clean them easy. But it's much cheaper to pay us to paint an artwork on it than if they just put graffiti clean, like the graffiti, co- any graffiti coating, sorry, mm. on it and left it white. Every week it'd be getting tagged yeah. and then every week they got to clean, clean it. it. Yeah. Or they get us to paint it maybe once a year they got to clean it. And even with walls, like it's a bit frustrating as an artist that you have to fill the entire, you can't have any negative space because someone might tag there. Yeah. But at the same time, they've learned that like pay this guy to paint it, we don't have to touch it for five yeah. years. No one's going to tag it. And if they do, we'll just pay him to come and touch it up. Yeah. That's way less than getting a couple of council workers out every two weeks to buff the same fucking wall. Yeah. Like, so that's the difference. Kayama is a little bit better than what Shahabra is, but Wollongong is leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, on yeah. that Shell Harbour note, like, I don't know what you think about this, but if, say, if a council was to, to say, let's just make, you know, any graffiti or, or public art legal, it's fine. You can do it whenever. Um, obviously, anybody who actually wanted to do it, they'd actually spend some time and do something fucking sick. Decent. Yeah. Rather than, you know, just doing a, a shitty little a tag. tag or whatever. Yeah. Like, totally. I well, think that would work a lot yeah, better. Well, we that, noticed like, that, as an artist, is, does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. Well, more legal walls. Yeah. You need, like, people always going, oh, I like good graph, but I don't like shit graph. Like, yeah. well, it's like, what? yeah. Oh, I like good soccer players, but I hate these kids trying to fucking kick a ball. Like, you got to learn fucking <laughs> somewhere, home, don't you? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and we noticed at Kyma Skate Park, like, the second that that wasn't a legal wall, the park got covered in tags. It never used to have tags. Yeah. Because, the time it takes a kid to go and do 40 fucking tags is a split second of how long it takes to do a decent piece. Yeah. If they know that they can go down this legal wall and paint for four hours, no one's going to hassle them. It's going to be enjoyable. It, it takes away that criminal. So Canberra has something like 40 fucking legal walls. And then if you look at Europe, so the mm. graffiti scene over there, like you can go and paint on all these walls in Germany. You also take away the, the kind of the criminal aspect of it. Yeah. It takes away the, the the gangster element or the dangerous yeah. element. So Sydney or say Melbourne, like Sydney was really bad for a, like back in the day that you could get stabbed for painting someone else's wall mm. because you've made it criminal. Yeah. You've made it this gnarly illegal. Whereas in Europe it's not seen as that. Yeah. And so, I think it it also did improve like the the level in that exactly. area. Exactly. And that's why there's so many amazing graffiti writers from, from yeah. Europe. Because the standard is like you you can go and spend four hours and really not yeah. looking over your shoulder for the cops or another crew. Yeah. You can really, whereas like around here, put, you know, guys will paint their name in really big visible. There's not really much like, I reckon it's sick, but it's big and it's visible. It's easy to read because they're literally just getting their name up. Mm. They're not really like, yeah, it's clean and it's crisp. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's well done. But they're not really pushing any artistic elements or boundaries, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where the difference is. Yeah. That's 
that's uh, an interesting thing to to kind of note as well because everybody no matter where you live you have some form of graffiti or or public art in your town um i think it would take you just kind of having a walk around no matter where you are to kind of figure out what the culture's like in that area yeah um totally something everyone everyone like everyone can experience it locally which is and and you're never gonna you're never gonna wipe it out yeah someone's like i can't remember who it was but like a lot of kids that get in graffiti are people that aren't they don't have a voice no one listens to them and all of a sudden you go and like you climb up this fucking ladder and put your fucking tag in this gnarly spot all of a sudden you go oh, dude i've seen your tag man oh it's like wait what someone noticed me <laughs> so they're suddenly getting noticed and so you, you never until we start listening to kids and really start paying attention you're never going to get rid of graffiti like I it's always going to be there yeah even even when kids are getting attention i think this it's that risk behavior so, man like, well it's that <laughs> but then it's also something that runs so deep in human history of leaving your mark behind but that's it that's like it you, yeah, leave what are we gonna a do bit more beautiful so, than like, you found it <laughs> just not do anything <laughs> yeah like this has come from ancient aboriginal societies of leaving your mark on a wall yeah yeah it's, uh, it, uh was it graffito graffito is that the original word is um it's like the, the marks they found on the walls in pompeii in Italy, that's where the word graffito. I think it's graffito. I'm fucking probably wrong, but yeah, so that's where the word graffiti comes from. Yeah, it's like yeah. When was Pompeii? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> probably not as long ago as our original rock yeah, paintings, exactly. but yeah, that's it. Like people have been painting all around art, the world, expressing like, themselves. It's a, it's a human. In human like people, nature. Like even a crudely drawn cock and balls. It's like man, that guy's <laughs> expressing himself. Like, like yeah, we're going back. Like well, the one on my fucking what, roof. <laughs> what, else, what else? What <laughs> else? <laughs> but what else are you going to draw when you're twelve? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know shit. Uh, see, no, a, a pair of boobs, man. Come on, <laughs> diversify, hey. Stop being so misogynistic, you little shits. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't seen a set. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's a good point. That's <laughs> a, yeah. Uh. <laughs> you got little man boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids these days, they've seen fucking everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. Uh, no imagination. I feel bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Covered some ground. Yeah. Fully, man. Oh, I'm fucking out of beer. <laughs> <laughs> How are you running? No beer. Still running pretty hot. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, mate. Nah, it's just fucking good to catch up and yeah, definitely, man. Like we used to, we used to spend so much time in this garage. Yeah, the way we started La was by coming together and every week we'd every Tuesday, man. Yeah, Tuesday every Tuesday night. we'd say you need to bring a new artwork That's into this right. garage. We had to bring something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It didn't have to be a finished piece. Yeah, and then we'd sit down and just buff out ideas yeah. together. Yeah, hit the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was good. And, and it was like, it was good um, bringing different people in as well. You yeah. Know? So, like, Brett and Nick coming around, and like, um, Cam had a different idea, or, you know, bringing photographers. And yeah, it was like, it was a good melting point, like Boydie and Chris. And I randomly yeah. ran into Boydie the Savo. No way. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck, he's such I a didn't, human. I, I didn't get to talk to him. It was just a. Hey, hey, and yeah. he had to keep going. Yeah. But 
That, that's a genuine like, holy dude, shit, right like an yeah. OG yeah. guy. Yeah, he's fucking genuine as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just good to see what people go on. Like Chris, I've, I haven't seen Chris in a long. Chris Anderson, old Ecto. Yeah. But um, yeah, like seeing what he's doing, killing it. So it's kind of good to see what. Yeah, we've all kind of moved into different creative fields and yeah, spread our wings a bit. Yeah. But I think the one thing that I want to get out of this podcast is kids coming together and creating art. Yeah, like definitely. Just sitting in Getting the parents' in the garage, garage and or just whatever. Just making a mess. Yeah. Fucking up. Yeah. That's it. Just bringing new people uh, in. Yeah. Failing, failing, and failing. Yeah, that's, that's how you get good at anything. It's just failing. And um, unfortunately, I think that was like fucking the lead singer of Green Day said that. <laughs> well, he reached. Oh, you brought up a Mike Tyson he, quote. I can bring out that. He reached yeah. the pinnacle and then fell off on the other side. <laughs> yeah. I guess that happens to all of us eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You only get good at um at fucking up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You never lose. You only learn. That's what my sister used to say. So yeah, it's that's the thing. You gotta gotta push it. You gotta fuck up, and eventually you find your feet. If not, it's fun on the way. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, as long as you're enjoying it, that's one thing. You say enjoying the process. If you're only making it serve for a for likes, shares, views, whatever, like, then stop. Just fucking stop because you're gonna yeah. blow out. It's a back in the day. Like, you saw the kid who only wanted to. He was only surfing. He was only skating because he wanted to get sponsored. And then eight months later, oh, fucking overdose shit. It's like, yeah, I actually realize you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still skating and I suck. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. So I'm going to fucking always do it. Like, yeah. So that's the thing. Like if you're not enjoying the process, then maybe just find something else. Like yeah. don't don't burn yourself out. Like, yeah. If that's I could it. say anything to kids, is that's it. Like fail, fail, fail. If you're not enjoying it, then drop it. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Don't feel like it's cool because six months later it won't be fucking cool. <laughs> that's that's a really good point, and I think it's something that um, I think it's something that you like from from talking to you even for this um, this podcast is that it's kind of come out in you like you've gone through stages in your art and stuff yeah, where you've definitely. maybe looked at it and said, okay, I've failed a little bit here, and I need to use that to get better or find you know yeah. what you actually want to do, which is yeah. epic. And um, yeah, and I hope you keep getting better. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that's that's one thing I actually think it's one that makes me positive is that I'm getting older now, fucking struggling to keep skating. But as long as I've got my right hand, I can climb a ladder. Like I keep painting, you know. Yeah. Like it's a thing. Like it sucks, you know, surfing, skating. You're only going to get worse. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But art and music, shit, like. You're only going to get better. Yeah. And you can always change the way that you practice as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can change the way that you surf and skate, but you're still only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point for sure. Um, we'll move on to a part of the podcast, which is um, starting to be a bit of a constant. What's, uh, what's something you're looking to create at the moment? At the moment? Um, yeah, really it's just uh, next solo exhibition, which I'm really looking forward to. Haven't set a date. Don't know where I'm gonna have it. I'd like to break out of Wollongong and have it somewhere else. But as I said, Wollongong's got such a great scene and it's so supportive and it fires me up. So probably will be in Wollongong. But just like I was saying before, just to get a bunch of artworks on the wall that I'm fucking hyped on. Um, and yeah, might even just sit in the middle of it with a six pack. Eh? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm sure I'll, I'll have a show. But um, yeah, it really is to focus on that. Like I'd love to get some more mural things going i got another mural project coming up soon but 
like I was saying, it's trying to break away and I want to get more stuff that I have an artistic license on. Yeah. Yeah. Not not be chained down. I want to get rid of that feeling, just be free. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm working on. I like it. And what's something you would like to destroy? Oh, fuck. My ego. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Hey, or bad habits, I guess. That's the that's the one thing I want to destroy and try to learn more, even within, you know, conservation work and stuff like that. Is uh, yeah, bad habits and try me more, be more positive and yeah, kill my ego. <laughs> Fucking nice. <laughs> that yeah, that's epic. Kill kill the ego. Kill your TV. <laughs> kill your phone, man. Kill your, yeah, that's the new TV. Turn it off occasionally, hey, like, screw with the job I got now, I'm in the middle of the rainforest, there's no reception all day. It's fucking beautiful, mate. <laughs> so good. Just put it on, I put it on airplane mode or whatever and just fucking throw it in my bag. That's a beautiful thing. I'm wearing a watch now, man. I tell the time from my watch. Remember those things? <laughs> Kids are not telling, they're telling time on a cl- analog clock these days, hey? <laughs> Analog, isn't that some fucking company that you can only find in Japan? Right? <laughs> 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 That's fucking. it. On that note. Leave it on that. Oh wait. What do we got? Analog sticker. Oh yeah, there's an analog sticker. I just fucking love analog. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap her up. Yeah, wrap it. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Trait. Kane trait. <laughs> Horseball, mate. Came law school. It's killing the ego already. That's it, man. It's just too long to write. <laughs> <laughs> so, cheers, boys.